You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Exotic Love. Enjoy. The title of our message this morning is called Exotic Love. Yeah, exotic love. So would you pray with me, please? Father, we love you so much. We're here this morning because of your amazing love for us, your exotic love for us, your love that is out of this world, that is not from this world, that is not like human love, your love that is unconditional and unfailing. And we receive your love this morning, and we thank you for all that you are shining brightly in this place today, that everyone within the sound of the voice of Highway Church would be changed by your love, your power, and your glory right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, God is so good. Uh, we, we shared last week a little bit about who we are and why we're here and what we see. So before we get into exotic love, I'm just going to spend a minute or two just reviewing because we're a brand new church. We want you to know who we are, why we're here, and what we see. Who we are is pretty simple. I'm Pastor Joseph, and I'm the founder of Highway Church, and that's my wife, Jennifer, and she was leading us in worship this morning. We're originally from western Pennsylvania near the Pittsburgh area, so we actually grew up Steeler fans, as they say in uh, Pennsylvania, Steeler fans in western PA. But we've been converted, and we're, we're Patriots fans, true blue, no doubt about it. Um, and we have four amazing children that are graciously serving with us and helping us to pull this uh, church together. And we have a, a, a team of wonderful people that are serving alongside with us, and, and, and we're very excited about what God is doing. We're here very simply. Uh, we were called to New England back in December of 95. And uh, as we came here to New England, we didn't have plans to stay. Um, we were looking to move to a different part of the country, but the Lord began to speak to our hearts about staying here and going into full-time ministry. And then he connected us with Pastor Sam Smith, who is a founder of Faith Christian Center. And uh, we, we served under him. And then uh, he retired and his successor, we served uh, under Pastor David Marquardt. And it was our privilege to serve under him. Then we also served under Pastor John Pfeffer of Faith Christian Center. We were thankful for the men that God put in our lives that we could learn and grow under. And we, we are thankful for Faith Christian Center, and we bless them, and we bless those men uh, that God would continue to uh, be glorified in their lives and in their ministry. Um, and then last year, God did something amazing, and he separated uh, Jennifer and I and our family under the calling that he has for our lives. And uh, we realized that it was time to do what had been in our heart for so many years. And that's led us to this day, to Highway Church. And the, the purpose of Highway Church is very simple. Like I had said earlier, why we exist is to lead people into relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we're all about. And, and I want to emphasize the difference between relationship and religion. Because man is very familiar with religion. There are all kinds of different religions out there. But Jesus never intended to establish a religion. It wasn't even on his radar. It was not his goal. His goal was to bring us into real relationship. 
with the Father, that we could become one with Him. And that's what it's all about. It's not about sacraments. It's not about long prayers. It's not about your sacrifice. It's about His sacrifice. Very important to realize that. It's not about what we've done for Him. It's what He's done for us. So the whole emphasis in this relationship is Him. His love for us, and as far as he's concerned, his emphasis is us. He did what he did for us. He didn't have to do it. So it's very important uh, that you understand that and receive that uh, in your own heart. And it's our calling as uh, pastors and as this church to awaken that reality of relationship in the hearts of men and women of all ages so that every man, woman, and child that we come in contact with would realize that it's a relationship that God wants a loving, trusting, never-ending, unfailing relationship. And that's what we're all about. The name of Highway Church, where did that come from? Great question. Our name came from Isaiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 8a. And in the beginning, it speaks of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Isaiah the prophet is talking about what Jesus would accomplish. He talks about the lame leaping and the blind seeing and the dumb speaking. And he says in verse 8, and a highway shall be there. And that's us. And that's what God, we really believe, put on our heart to, to build a highway right here in this area of New England. That he, would, that he would be able to just uh, to reach and change and save and heal many lives through this church. So that's where the name comes from, Highway Church. And then we, our vision, what we see, we see as a result of people growing in a real relationship with Jesus Christ, we see a vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God and moving forward in his destiny for their lives. So we see a vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God and moving forward in his purpose, his destiny for their lives. Okay, so that's what we talked about last Sunday. And now let's get into the message for today. Let's talk about exotic love, all right? Let's start with like one of the most famous scriptures ever, John chapter 3, 16, all right? So you can turn to John chapter 3, 16. And I'm going to read it to you. We're going to have it up on the screen for you as well. And I'm going to read it to you out of the New International Version. Okay? And you could probably recite this one, even if you haven't been in church much. You see a lot of times you have a sign up in a football game, right? The camera will catch it. It'll say John 3.16. Let's go ahead, even with the next slide. And here it is. For God so loved the world. Let's, let's look on the screen and read that together. All right? Let's read it together. Ready? For God so loved the world, does that include you? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, does that include you too? Depends off you believe, I guess, right? That whoever believes, right? That's the only condition. Isn't that good? Not where you come from or what you've done, but whoever believes. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, that word is an amazing word. And remember, we're not about religion here. But if I were to ask man's religious mind, what does eternal life mean? I would, I would venture to say that most, most people who've been trained by man's religion would would say it has something to do with going to heaven, right? Eternal life, we think of heaven. 
going to heaven. But did you know that's not Jesus' definition of eternal life? Not even close? Yeah. See, it's good when we step away from man's teachings, from man's religion, and we get to the real Jesus. We want the real Jesus, okay? So we're going to look at what the real Jesus said, how the real Jesus defined eternal life. He doesn't even mention heaven. Doesn't even mention it, all right? So let's see what the real Jesus says in John chapter 17, verse 3. John chapter 17, verse 3. I'm going to read it to you out three translations. We'll start with the NIV. And it's up on the screen for you as well. This is what the real Jesus says. Are you ready? Now this is eternal life. What are you talking about, Jesus? That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Do you see heaven in there anywhere? No. He says, this is my definition of eternal life, that they may know you. Do you know that word know in the Greek is the same word used when it said Joseph knew not his wife? until she bore Jesus. It speaks of the intimacy of a husband and wife, that unity that only a husband and wife know. So Jesus says, this is what eternal life is, becoming one with the Father. That's eternal life. Of course you go to heaven if, you, if you're one with Him, right? Heaven's our home, but that's not what eternal life is all about. It's about becoming one with Him. You knowing Him that intimately. See? Isn't that one? Just like a husband would know his wife, that you know what he loves, you know his, his desires for you, you know his will for you. There's no question, there's no distance between your heart and his heart. Okay? That's eternal life. Let's read it out of the Weist translation. This is W-U-E-S-T. And this is, this is how Weist translates it. He says, and this is the eternal life. Namely, that they might be having an experiential knowledge of you, the only genuine God, and of him whom you sent on a mission, Jesus Christ. An experiential knowledge. See? No mention of religion. No mention of any sacraments. Right? No mention of any to-do list. He's saying that they might experience you in an everyday, moment-to-moment, real-life way, just like a husband and a wife experience each other. That's why I came, right? That's God so loved the world that he sent me to make you and the Father one, right? So Jesus didn't come so we'd go to heaven. He came so that you could become one with God the Father, you, you can become one with God the Father, regardless of who you are or what you've done. The only qualification that God the Father made is that you believe in Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? And he did that because he didn't want anyone to be excluded. See? That's contrary to what we've heard from man's religion. All right, let's read it out of the Amplified Translation. And this is eternal life. It means to know to perceive, to recognize, become acquainted with, and understand you. We better read that one again. This is eternal life. This is the real Jesus speaking, right? Right? That's what we're all about, the real Jesus at Highway Church. The real Jesus says, this is what I came for, 
that you might know, perceive, recognize, become acquainted with, and understand you. The only true and real God. That's radically different from what I was told in the church that I grew up in. Radically different. Okay? And maybe different than what you've heard. That they might know you. So we find from the real Jesus that eternal life means relationship with the Father. An experiential relationship. One that you can taste. Taste and see and know in your own heart how much He loves you and how good He is. So you don't have to have any qualifications, any theological training, right? That you right now, just by believing that He loves you and embracing Jesus Christ, you can taste and see that He is good. Isn't that wonderful? This is eternal life. It's knowing how God tastes. Right? It's knowing every flavor of His love for you. Knowing every facet of what He's done for you. Knowing every promise belongs to you. Knowing that His Holy Spirit now lives in you. That you don't have to do this anymore in your own strength. That God has become your strength. See, he held nothing back when he gave his son to you. When he gave his son to you, he gave you everything. So you can know that he loves you completely and he's provided completely for you. So God's love is paramount when we talk about relationship. In order for a relationship to to grow and be vibrant and healthy, you've got to have love, right? Have you ever been in a relationship without love? It hurts. A relationship without love is kind of like a swimming pool without water. You ever jumped in a swimming pool without water? Ah, Hopefully not, right? It's hard, right? You hurt yourself. You get hurt in relationships when God's love is not there. It's hard. It's not refreshing. Do you feel tired and worn out, a hot summer day, and you want to cool off in the pool, and you go to get in, but there's no water in there? That's what a relationship without love is like, without God's love, not human love, very different, see? That's what a relationship without God's love is like. It's like a pool without water. It's kind of like a car without fuel. You don't go anywhere, right? You get in it, you're in it, but you're not going anywhere. Because God's love is not there. God's love is the fuel that moves us forward in His plan for our lives. you got to have His love. See, God's love is essential to life. There really isn't any life without it. But we've kind of been fooled with that, right? With man's religion. They've given you a list of things that you need. And if you have those things, supposedly, maybe, if you're lucky, you'll get to heaven, right? But that's not the real Jesus, He says, you need to know my love. God sent me that you would know his love and experience me in a very real way. So for a relationship to be vibrant and growing, love's got to be there, right? Now, conversely, if love is there, you can endure all things. Isn't that great? So you can have a relationship where God's love is present between two people, and they're both faulty. They both make mistakes. And it's okay, because God's love is there. 
See, God's love isn't performance-based. Love can endure all things. See, a healthy relationship, a God relationship, isn't performance-based because love loves to love for love's sake. That's how love is. Just love loves to love for love's sake because God is love, right? Love is love. That's what love does. Love loves just for the sake of love. See, it's not performance-based. So you can be in a relationship, and you can make a mistake. The person in your relationship make a mistake, but you, but, but you don't condemn each other. You realize you're both growing. Your eyes are fixed on him. You're both one with him. And see, that's why so many marriages have failed, because human love was what they, they built their marriage on, see? And human love, you know, it has the appearance of love, but it doesn't have that real substance that'll get you through, that'll lift you up that will strengthen you and give you a whole different view of each other. See? So that's why marriage, if a marriage fails, it's a sign that they were relying on their own version of love, on human love, because God's love cannot fail. That's not to find fault with anyone. It's just to say that God's love works every time. But sometimes we get into human love and we get hurt and wonder why it's not working. It's because we're trying to do it ourselves. Okay? We need the love of the Father to be leading the way in our relationships. When God's love is present, then we begin to act like him. Right? We begin to love as he loves and love for love's sake. And we're not demanding perfect behavior from the one we're in relationship with. Okay? So uh, when I think about love, it's inspiring because all you need is love. It makes you want to write a song. I kind of feel one right now. All you need is love. All you need is love. No, I didn't write that. I don't want any copyright issues. That was Lennon and McCartney. All you need is love. But you know what? They, they weren't the ones who came up with that reality. That's really the truth. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, it tells us that God is love. Three words that will set you free and change everything in your life if you embrace those, that God himself is love. That's who he is. He is the person of love. So love isn't an action or a thing, per se. It's a person. Did you know that? And there's a great song. I love it. Love is a verb. I think it's a title. And I understand what they're saying, but in reality, love is a person, right? Did you know that love is not a behavior? It's not. We don't, uh, we don't behave a certain way, and then love comes. Love comes first. Love produces behavior, but love is not a behavior. Love produces action, but love is a person. We can get confused. You put a lot of pressure on yourself if you try and act a certain way, but you don't understand God's love for you. Love is a person that produces a behavior in you when you receive that love for you, okay? So all you need is love. Now, the love we're talking about is not from planet Earth, right? That's why we call it exotic love. It's a love that's out of this world. Let's look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Let's go ahead and go to that one, Eden. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Again, we're going to read it to you out of the Weiss translation. And this is what, what is translated in the Weiss. He says, behold... What exotic love, I like that, out of this world love, right? What exotic love the Father has permanently bestowed upon us. 
to the end that we may be named children of God, and we are. Isn't that awesome? And we are. Let's keep going. On this account, what? That God bestowed this exotic love on us and made us his children. On this account, the world does not have an experiential knowledge of us. Why? Because it has not come into an experiential knowledge of him. Divinely loved ones, now born ones of God, we are. Why hasn't the world come into an experiential knowledge of him? One of, the, one of the greatest reasons is man's religion, right? Man has given the world a long list of things that they have to do in order for God to love them, right? A long, a long list of tasks and sacraments. And that if you do these things, you have a better chance of God loving you. But then you find out that once you start doing these things, the list gets longer, right? And it gets more difficult, and you end up carrying these heavy, heavy weights around that are laid on you by man, and you really never get to the experiential knowledge of him. So we want you to get away from man's ideas. We want you to throw that weight off and receive his love for you and experience his love through faith in Jesus Christ. So that's how we says it. He says, for, for what exotic love has the Father permanently bestowed on us? I love that. The word exotic simply means uh, something out of the ordinary, something you can't find everywhere, right? Something that's not a part uh, of the world we're living in. And it's attractive and it's striking because it's out of the ordinary. So when we talk about love, the love of God, you need to know we're talking about a love that's not from a religion, that's not from a human being. It's not human love. It's a love that's, f that's from out of this world. It's God himself, okay? The exotic love that we need to live life the way God wants us to live it, all right? So the quality of love determines the quality of our relationship. Not the per perfection or perfect behavior of the people in the relationship. I think that's a good idea. We'll say that again. It's the quality of love that determines the quality of the relationship. Not the perfection or perfect behavior of those in the relationship. Just let it soak in for a while. Why? Because love is not performance-based. Love doesn't say, I'll love you if. God doesn't have an if when it comes to his love for you. All right? He has instructions on how we're to live, but his love was given to us regardless of how we lived. You see the difference? He said, for God so loved the world. and even I, I, I used to mock God. Right? I, was at, I was against him. I made fun of people who talked about him. But he loved me anyway. Right? So his love is not dependent upon how we behave. Thank you. So glad for that. He loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes. So I do have to believe. Right? That's my part. But the love's been given. So love is not performance-based. He doesn't love me depending on whether I believe. My believing just determines whether or not I receive his love. Do you see the difference? 
So my believing just opens the door for his love. It's been there all along. It just enables me to experience. So love is not performance-based. The quality of, a, of love determines the quality of the relationship. So love comes first. And we said it uh, earlier, love does not come about as a result of my behavior. So we don't have a loving marriage because of the way we behave. We behave the way we do because love came first. See, love produces our behavior. Very important. It's a seemingly a subtle difference, but it changes everything. See, so love doesn't come about as a result of our behavior, but love comes first and it changes our behavior. See, when love is present, it changes our behavior. And that's why it's so difficult to serve God when you don't realize how much he loves you because you're trying to change your behavior, but you can't. We can't overcome sin in our own strength. We need the supernatural power of God's love in His Spirit. When you've got that, then sin is defeated in your life. And that, 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 that's the good news. So our behavior is inspired by love or the lack thereof. It's just that simple. Our, our behavior is inspired by love or the lack thereof. Our behavior is changed by the presence of love or the lack thereof. Yeah. So if I'm not behaving right, love is missing. God's love, not human love. If I receive God's love, my behavior guaranteed will change. It may not happen all at once. But if I stay in his love, if I continue to receive his love, guaranteed my behavior is going to change. Guaranteed. But I've got to stay there, right? I've got to live in that love. And when, when something contrary to that love comes my way like a condemning thought, or when I hear thoughts like, like uh, you did it again, you made a mistake, you're a failure, look at your life, look back at your past, it's a shame, you're ashamed. That's not love talking. Love doesn't bring shame. Love and shame don't go together. So we don't say shame on you in our house because love doesn't talk that way. So, and you know who wants to put shame on you? Sometimes human love does that. But also we have an adversary, right? Satan, he's the adversary of your soul. He wants you to feel shame. Right? And you can say, well, he's got good reason because I messed up a lot and I've messed up a lot. But the blood of Jesus Christ has washed us clean, right? So now the devil has nothing on you. If he tries to shine the light on your past as far as God is concerned, it's gone. He's taken all of our sins and he's thrown them into the sea of forgetfulness. He has promised that he will remember them no more. Ever again. That's his covenant. You see that in Isaiah 54. He said, just like the waters flooded the earth and I promised to Noah I'd never flood it again, so I will never be angry with you again. My covenant is in full effect with you because of the blood of my son. You can see that in Isaiah 54. Okay? So that's the love of God. It changes the way we behave. Now, this is opposite of man's religion, right? This is opposite. Man's religion is based on doing and works. God's relationship is based on being and love. Big difference. Man's, man's way is based on doing what have you done, right? 
in works. God's relationship is based on being. What's the difference? See, Jesus said, be holy as I am holy. Now, man's religious take that and say, see, okay, so in order to be holy, you got to do this, you got to do this, and this, and that twice, and that again, and then that, and that, and that. So man's religion turns that into a checklist. Jesus didn't say, do holy, did he? He said, be holy. What's he saying? Receive who I am in your life. Let me be you. Let me live in you. See, man's religion misses that. Man's religion has transformed that into a to-do list. We got to get out of that thinking. He says, be. That's why he is I am, not I do. Right? He said to Moses, I am that I am, not I do that I do. And so we are like him. Right? He's made us new creations in Christ Jesus. So we're all about being, not doing. Who we are produces actions in our lives, but those actions aren't the focus. The focus is who we are. Okay? Very important. Very important. Changes everything. So we're about being, not doing. So Jesus, Jesus, we find the real Jesus. He doesn't close the door to people. He opens it wide. He says, come to me just like you are. And I'm going to give you something. Rest. Not the kind of invitation I got growing up. In the church I got growing up, I literally, we got lists of things we had to do in order to qualify to know him. Let's take a look at that in Matthew chapter 11. Verse 28. We can see that his love is not performance-based because he's inviting us. It's his initiation. It's his, he started this thing, right? Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. This is the real Jesus talking. And look what he says. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you a spanking. No! Rest, right? Refreshing, recreation, rejuvenation, rest, right? Take my yoke upon you, and I'll really show you what I want. No, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Why? From hard and rough and insensitive. No, for I'm gentle and humble and hard. And what will happen if you come to me? Next one. And you shall find rest. For your souls. Why? Because I'm a cruel taskmaster? No. For my yoke is easy and my load is light. Human love is heavy. Man's religion is heavy and hard. Let's listen to it out of the message translation. Here's the real Jesus talking. Are you tired? Check. Are you worn out? Check. You burned out on religion? Check. Then come to me. I'll take care of you. Get away with me. See, you got to get away from men's religion. You really do. It's not because you don't love people. It's just got to get away from wrong thinking. It will trap you. You'll never get free. Come on, get away. <laughs> get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I had to get away and start reading the words of the real Jesus in the Bible. I had to start reading the book of John in the New Testament. And I read it, and it shocked me that he loved me so much. So get away with Jesus. Read the book of John. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Acts. Read Isaiah, right? Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. So he's, he's, he's the one giving, right? All we do is receive. 
That's how love is. It's not performance-based. It's not based on our conduct. It's based on His. So this is how love speaks. So we find that love's not trying to manipulate us or to get something from us. Love is freely giving of Himself to us. Isn't that amazing? So we need to just, just stay on that when we leave here. Just, just, just build your house on that. God loves me. He's permanently bestowed His love on me. And nothing can change that. Nothing can lessen that in my life, even if I blow it tomorrow. Even if I make a mistake tomorrow, God loves me just as much as He ever did. See, that's what the fear is. That's what Satan wants to do. He wants you to be afraid that if you make a mistake, God's love and relationship with you is going to change. But there's no sin that can keep you from His love. There's no sin. Because the love of God is infinitely greater than any sin man has ever committed. Isn't that awesome? See, and it's knowing this, all of a sudden freedom starts to break forth in my life because now I'm not afraid of making mistakes. When you're afraid of making mistakes, you'll make them. <laughs> Isn't that funny how it works? Right? Because you're trying in your own strength. Fear produces human effort. Right? So I'm afraid of making mistakes, so I inevitably start making them. But when I realize my mistakes aren't going to keep me from him, that I'm free, that he loves me no matter what, now my focus is not on my effort anymore. It's on what he's done for me. Right? And now I'm free to live. I made a mistake. It's okay. God's grace is there. I just keep on going. Right? I'm not going to focus on that mistake I just made. I'm realizing that's not who I am. Right? I'm his child and I'm being, I'm being not doing. Right? I'm letting him be in me. All right? Hallelujah. So that's the exotic love we're talking about. And I want you, as you go throughout your day today, just to remember that phrase, exotic love, this out-of-this-world love, because you're not going to find it through man's system. You're not going to find it through man's theology. There's only one way to find it, and that's through faith in Jesus Christ. It's the love that we can't live without. And, and we're, we're just going to uh, receive that some more right now. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much. It's your amazing love that absolutely changes everything. It's your love for us. Lord, we didn't even know enough to ask you to love us. But you loved us first. Regardless of our behavior, regardless of our sin, before we were even born, love was who you are. And you can't change because you're perfect. So, Father, right now I pray for everyone here and for anyone who would hear this message today, online or in any other way, that they would receive your exotic, out-of-this-world, perfect, unconditional love for them. That they would be changed. They wouldn't try and do it themselves. But they just receive. All they need to do is just, just receive who you are and your love for them through faith in Jesus Christ. And that they would not try and change. They would not try and love. They would just receive your love and just let it flow. Just let it flow. Just let it flow. 
At Highway Church, we encourage you to put your faith in Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Trust Him with your daily decisions and let His light lead the way. Our prayer for you is that you continually move forward in all that Christ has for you and become all that He made you to be. In Jesus' name, amen.